I'm Ari Borenzweig. And I'm Juan Wagnerman. And you're listening to The Changelog. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Changelog, and I'm your host, Adam Stachowiak. This is episode 192. We're talking today about Crystal Lang, Fast as C, Slick as Ruby. We had Ari Bornsweg and Juan Wagnerman on the show today talking about this awesome language. We covered so many awesome things, the language goals, how it's the best of both worlds between Ruby and C, and why if it's so close to and inspired by Ruby, why not just give their time and effort to Ruby instead? We talked about the new compiler, and we also discussed what's left before Crystal can go 1.0. Our first sponsor of the show is TopTal. Friends of the show, we love TopTal around here. Go to T-O-P-T-A-L.com. Or if you'd like a personal introduction to someone at TopTal, give me a shout. Email me at adam at changelog.com. Whether you're an awesome engineer, an awesome designer, or someone looking for awesome engineers and awesome designers, give me a shout. I'd love to give you a personal introduction to someone at TopTal to get you on the right step forward, getting to that next great developer or designer working with you, or being that next great designer or developer working through TopTal, living the dream, being able to travel the world and do all the things that TopTal provides to software developers and designers. Again, T-O-P-T-A-L.com or email me, adam at changelaw.com. And now, on to the show. Everyone, we're here today talking about Crystal Line. We got two awesome people from Buenos Aires, Argentina, joining us today. Ari Bornsweg and Juan. I don't know how to say the last name. Help me Help me out. How do you say the last name? No, I pronounce it Wagnerman. Wagnerman. But, okay. Uh, anyway, words for you. That's okay. fine. <laughs> gotcha. And Jared, you're here, of course. So say what's up. I'm here. What's up, everybody? Guys, welcome to the show. No, thank you. Jared, we've been... This hit our radar. I don't know when it hit your radar, but our radar as a as a you know our weekly email when we shipped out issue thirty two, which was forever ago. Basically, um, we talked about Crystal Lang there. We've talked about it a couple times here and there. It hasn't quite bubbled up too much, but we knew we wanted to get them on the show. We tweeted to you guys way back when I think it was about at least six or seven months ago that we were wanting to get a show uh, started on this, but. Uh, so I, I guess welcome to the show for one, which is awesome to, to finally get you on here. So let's maybe start off with uh, some introductions. So with Ari, what, uh, who are you and what do you do? Uh, hi, everyone. Um, so I'm a programmer. And um, I don't know what specifically to say. <laughs> but, but you guys I are both pro- from Manus, right? Manus Technology. Yes. That's behind this language, and you're the devil. Is that right? Uh, yes. Okay. That, that's right. Gotcha. And uh, Juan, how about you? Well, I've been working on Manas uh, almost from the beginning. Like uh, that was like uh, twelve years ago. I'm kind of a co-founder of of, of this company, and yeah, we do um, <clears throat> a lot of bunch of stuff. Uh, basically, um, software consulting and. Uh, well, yeah, I'm a pretty much, uh, I have many roles here, like a dev leader and programmer, and also a CTO, and uh, yeah. Yeah, Jared and I were talking about the homepage for your company, actually, Manus 
dot com dot ar. So that's m a n a s dot com dot ar. And we're just talking about how it walks you through choosing if you're the right company for people to work with. So that's pretty interesting. Well, that's interesting and also uh, related with uh, how Manas uh, uh, started. You know, I've been working uh, for many uh, software consulting uh, companies, and one day one of my best friend called me and he said, "Hey, I, I'm starting this this company. Do you want to join me?" And uh, I said, "Yes, of course." And uh, even though I started with a much uh, smaller salary, and uh, the, the good thing is that we could decide what projects to to take and which projects we don't, and uh, so we could decide. Right, be a, be a bit more selective then. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty much the the inspiration of the company that we want to make uh, the, the the cool stuff and the, the things that we really know how to do and 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 how can we make a. Uh, use of our best uh, skills. Just to kind of paint a little bit of a word picture for the listeners, if you go check out uh, their website, which is in the show notes, they have a little colored meter in the center. And it says, so you're looking for a software company. Let's see if it's the right choice. And on the far left-hand side is try Google. Uh, and as you work your way to the other side, it's, oh, yeah. It's like they're very excited. Uh, there's a series of questions which you can checkbox that kind of describes what kind of project you have. And as you check certain ones, it moves the meter left or right. So check that out. It's definitely an interesting concept. And I think a nice way of you guys, you know, uh, helping your customers self-select for more interesting projects. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here to talk about uh, Crystal, which is a programming language that uh, calls itself as fast as C and as slick as Ruby. Um, if you hit up the homepage, crystallang.org, you'll find that there are a series of goals um, set out for the language, uh, which is Ruby-inspired syntax, statically type-checked, statically type-checked but without having to specify the type of variables or method arguments, a series of language goals uh, for Crystal, the kind of language that you guys want it to be. And I was hoping that we'd start off with you kind of walking us through those goals. I believe there's about five or six of them and explaining um, what they are, what they mean, and, and why they're desirable in a programming language. So the first one is Ruby-inspired syntax. And that's like one of the things that uh, motivated the creation of the language. Uh, and the second point, too, is that uh, we really like uh, Ruby syntax. It, it's uh, very readable. It's elegant. So that, that's basically it. Yeah, so so, so uh, to just to add to the previous one, and uh, here at Manas, we use uh, Ruby a lot for many projects. We we still use Ruby, uh, and in particular, we use Ruby on Rails because uh, it's uh, it's really fast to uh, prototype a new project and come up with a with a solution that actually works in, in in minimal time. So that's what we love about Ruby and Ruby on Rails. And uh, when we started with Crystal, we wanted to have a the same feeling uh, in, in, in our language. Like uh, with Ruby, you can always come up with an elegant solution for each uh, uh, algorithm or, or problem that you need to solve. And we wanted the same in Crystal. So that's why we, we inspired on the, on, the, on the syntax and also not only the syntax, but also the, the standard library and the feelings of, of the language when you're coding. But uh, normally one of the the problems that we have uh, with Ruby is uh, 
is the, the performance. Uh, for many projects, uh, once the project uh, grows and uh, we start to have a, um, performance issues and we need to migrate some parts of a backend to another language and we move parts of some projects to Erlang, for example, or to Go just to match with the uh, performance requirements. So we've been thinking what, why we need to uh, move to another language. What if we, uh, we could have a, a language that provides both the elegance of Ruby, but the performance of a, uh, of a, of a compiled language. Mm -hmm. So that's what motivates uh, some, of these, uh, some of these goals for the language. Also, if you, if you look at uh, how, how many uh, projects solve the performance issues in Ruby, most of the time you have uh, specific gems that implement some of the, the, the solutions in, in, in C language. Right. And nobody likes that because who, who wants to write C language in, in, in this century? So uh, that's, that will be the third goal. Uh, this is, uh, it means if you want performance, you don't need to uh, re-implement parts of your code in C. You have to, you, you have to be able to uh, write your code just in Crystal and get the, the best of your CPU or other resources. Right. So right now, you know, if you're a Ruby programmer and you want to have a specific section of code that needs to be highly performant, you know, you'll often write that in C and then have a Ruby wrapper or binding to that C layer, you know, kind of the most, uh, or at least for me, the one that I think of most often is like Nokogiri or similar when it comes to parsing XML or HTML. You know, you have a, a C library in there. And uh, the idea with Crystal is you still want to have that speed but you don't want to have the C in there. So everything's in crystal, right? Exactly. You don't want to leave the language to get performance. And the next one you have there um, is to have compile time evaluation and generation of code to avoid boilerplate code. Uh, can you explain that one? That's another strong point about Ruby, uh, the metaprogramming capabilities, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody loves that. And uh, it's... it's it's hard if it's not impossible to have the same kind of the same kind of uh, metaprogramming in a statically compiled language, right? Right. So uh, we introduce things like macros that uh, are evaluated at different stages of the compilation that allow us to generate code that uh, gives you the sense of having metaprogramming but in a different way. So you have these specific goals. You like Ruby, but you don't like uh, certain aspects of it, specifically performance, the C bindings, um, the the fact that you can't have great, great tooling around type checking and whatnot, or the dynamic uh, types. And you decide enough is enough. <laughs> We're going to write our own programming language. So for me, I guess I'm kind of a, a small, I, I consider myself a small thinker. Like I have small ideas. Um, I'm an app developer, so I think about like applications more so than languages are are very intimidating. So uh, when it comes to let's write our own language, that was to me that's a crazy idea. I'm, I'm I love that people like you want to do those kind of things, and uh, I like to use languages and study them. But to like write my own is incredibly overwhelming. So I guess the question is, whose crazy idea was this, and kind of how did it? How'd you guys get up the gumption to actually write that first line of code? That would be Ari. <laughs> yes. So that idea was uh, mine. Uh, 
when I decided to do it, it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to make a language. It, it was just a, an experiment. I said, hmm, uh, this idea is interesting. Let's see what I can do with it. And I started uh, doing it alone. Uh, and then eventually um, I showed it to Juan. And he said, like, wow, this, this is a nice idea. Uh, I, I'll join and let's work together to make it work. Uh, but all the time, like, like an experiment, a hobby, something fun to do. Uh, it's not like this is our 10th language that we are implementing and now we have experience. It's, it was just, uh, we, we did the lexer parser and, and all of the stages uh, as we learned things. Mm. Uh, of course, we had uh, experience with other languages before, so we, we, we knew what we wanted. And uh, that's basically the story of the, the beginnings. So through the magic of Git commit histories, I went back and, and checked out uh, your very first commit, which will help to give some timing around this project because it is a new programming language. That being said, it's almost four years old. So, um, you know, programming languages take a while to grow up. And a something created in 2012 is definitely still a young language. Um, but your first commit was September 4th, 2012. Aria, it was yourself, uh, which include a lexer, a parser, uh, an AST, a few other things. And uh, it was completely written in Ruby at that time, uh, which is interesting because, of course, it's the tool that you guys love and you're kind of writing somewhat of a replacement in it in Ruby, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, but at that point, when you hit that first commit, um, there was a, you know, a, share, a fair bit of code there. Could you, did you have a crystal hello world at that point? Well, in fact, uh, there is another uh, repository. Uh, it's under uh, my account, Asterite, mm. uh, that also has crystal, but it's like, it's not a fork. It was like the previous uh, version of the language, with, which was uh, not, not very good once uh, Juan uh, joined. It became, we, we wrote things from scratch. And so it, that was maybe one year or two years ago. Uh, before that first commit, uh, you found. Okay. Um, I think there was a hello world or something similar, but maybe with uh, C bindings. So it goes back even further back into like what, like 2011, 2010, something like that? 2011. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was getting. I was trying to page back quickly as you said that I went to your github which is uh, github.com slash a-s-t-e-r-i-t-e so for those listening along we'll go to the show notes too that'll be there but it goes back to 2011 and what's what's in the first version I guess of this since Jared's question was thinking 2012 what's in 2011 what's the hello world there uh, I don't know it was just something it was a toy at that point <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I think this idea is Yes, just just ideas, uh, some things with closures and how to. It was just maybe to learn how to how to start making a language, and then we said, okay, now that we learned a bit, uh, let's let's go a bit more serious. So the truth is, uh, these goals were not from the beginning, right? Uh, Ari started this like a like an experiment, and uh, once we decided that this could be. A good thing to do seriously. Then we set up the these goals, and uh, but but from the beginning it was just like an experiment that he was doing on, on his own. And when he showed me, it was like a 
well, you know, Ari is an extremely humble guy, and uh, it seems like he didn't know what he has in, in the, the, his hands. And uh, he showed me this, uh, this, and I say, wow, this could be a big thing, you know. So one of the things that I think about when it comes to programming languages is, and I probably a lot of people think about this because it's the part that we interact with, which is the semantics and the syntax, you know, the way it looks. Um, Crystal is, you know, its main uh, selling point is slick as Ruby. Obviously, Ruby is a huge inspiration. Were you guys going for um, similar type of syntax? Were you trying to get identical? Uh, were you trying to, you know, port Ruby in such a way that you could actually, like, you know, swap out uh, the Ruby binary and swap swap in a Crystal binary and be able to run the same code, or is it just inspired by Ruby? Uh, well, in the beginning, we wanted we started with something that was like 100% compatible with Ruby, but obviously the, the standard library was empty and mm -hmm. no, no, you you couldn't do much. But we soon uh, realized that that wasn't going to work because uh, Ruby is uh, very dynamic and we wanted a statically typed language. So we had to make some concessions, like adding some types to uh, generic type arguments. And even at that point, we said, okay, we want to preserve that Ruby feeling when you program but we won't make uh, a Ruby compatible language. It's, it won't be a Ruby implementation. We want to mm -hmm. keep the, the feeling, but, but it's a completely different language. I just want to kind of go back to that, you know, that time in 2011, 2012, maybe when you guys got serious uh, in 2012 and said, okay, we're going to do this. And here we are, you know, it's just the, it's the beginning of 2016. So you got, you know, roughly four years into this, um, tons of hours, I'm sure. Um, we'll talk about it later, but you now have people supporting you on Bounty Source. Um, so it's been a large effort, and if it, and it's continued success, it'll be continued to be a larger effort as it as it grows and changes. And um, Adam, kind of stealing your question here a little bit because you mentioned this in our pre-call, which is if you love Ruby so much, um, why not just take all of that time and effort and money or whatever it was that you guys have put into Crystal and you know, give that to Ruby over the years. Um, you know, similar to some companies are coming out now. Uh, I think it was Appfolio recently announced that, you know, they want Ruby 3 to be three times faster. And so they're going to hire a, a performance developer. I can't remember the details exactly, but they're going to have somebody work with the Ruby core team in order to improve performance. Um, from your guys' perspective, and maybe, you know, maybe it's because these weren't your original goals, but couldn't it be slick as Ruby and fast as Ruby uh, as opposed to a, a whole new thing? And maybe maybe with retrospect, you guys can look back and comment on that, on that idea instead. Well, uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, Ruby could be probably be much faster than it is right now. Mm -hmm. so it could probably make a lot of improvements, but I don't really know they can uh, actually match the speed and, 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 and the efficiency of a, uh, language that compiles to a to a executable binary you know like crystal or go or or c right um, i mean they can improve the current state but they, they will never be able to match that kind of performance so uh 
Now, there's another thing that uh, it's one of the it's the second goal that's uh, static statically type checked. Mm-hmm. That's uh, when when and it's really common in Ruby, and we we've experienced it that when you need to refactor a big code or make changes, mm-hmm. unless you have like 150 percent load, like more than 100, I, I don't know. You you have to make have tests uh, everywhere. Uh, you you are not sure that you're not breaking something, and eventually you get undefined method uh, something at at runtime, and that's like that that's not uh, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with uh, static type checks, uh, that issue is gone, and also as a side effect, you can like compile your code and make it more efficient. But the, there are two things: so performance and static type checks. And I don't think they are going to add eventually static type checks to Ruby. Maybe they they'll add uh, type annotations, mm-hmm. uh, but they will improve the error messages. Maybe, but I don't think like you will be able to say, okay, check the types for my program because uh, Ruby wants to, or at least I know that wants to prefer uh, pre- uh, preserve that dynamic nature. It's really hard to change Ruby to a statically typed uh, language. Agreed. 100%. Well, I think this is a good chance to stop for a moment, take a break. On the other side of the break, we want to track it between the time where you had a a Ruby-based compiler uh, for Crystal and how you got it to be completely self-hosting a Crystal-based compiler. Also want to ask you how you go about getting those syntax highlights on GitHub for a brand new language. So stay tuned, and we will ask those questions after the break. Our friends at Linode are huge fans of the show, and many of the developers that work at Linode listen to the show. They're huge fans of what we're doing here, and they want to support what we're doing. And we want to invite you to try out Linode, one of the most fastest, efficient SSD cloud servers on the market. Use our code CHANGELOG20 to get $20 in credit, basically two free months. Plans start at just $10 a month. They have eight data centers spread across the entire world, North America, Europe, Asia Pacific. They got hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services. You get full root access for more control, run VMs, run containers, or even your own private Git server. You can enjoy native SSD storage, 40 gigabit network, Intel E5 processors. Again, use the code changelog20 to get a $20 credit with unlimited uses. Tell your friends, it doesn't expire until the end of this year, so use it as many times as you want. Share it to everyone you know. Head to linode.com slash changelaw to get started. All right, we are back with Ari and Juan. Let's talk about Crystal Language, its history, why it exists, all the time and effort they put into it. And um, I got to admit, guys, you got a lot of people pretty, uh, pretty interested in it. So we were talking about uh, 2012. You guys had a Ruby-based compiler uh, and a syntax for the Crystal language. Um, but now if you go to the repository, it's 99.9% Crystal. So at a certain point, you had a self-hosting Crystal-based compiler. And I was hoping one of you can take us kind of uh, you know, a brief history of how you went from the Ruby-based compiler to the Crystal one, how long that took, and, and tell us about that code from Ruby to Crystal because we, we actually did the compiler in Ruby uh, hoping that because the, the syntax is similar and also the standard library and so on, 
we would eventually be able to port, port the compiler uh, quickly. Uh, that didn't turn to be uh, quite true because uh, Ruby's standard library is more or less complete. So uh, we had to implement all of that in Crystal. So it was like, okay, let's try to port uh, the compiler to Crystal. Oh, we are missing the, this, uh, these uh, things. So mm -hmm. let's do them. Oh, we found these bugs in the compiler. Uh, so let's fix them. And everything we did uh, to the compiler, which was written in Ruby, we had to port to the new compiler and so on. So it was like, it was a task that never seemed to, uh, to end. Uh, but eventually we said, okay, let, let's stop uh, fixing bugs uh, that's in, in the current compiler. Let's try to make the, the, the next compiler in Crystal uh, work around in some issues. And eventually we did it. I, I don't know how much it took, maybe a, a one year. But it, uh, it wasn't a year dedicated to porting the compiler. It was mm -hmm. growing the, the current compiler, growing the standard library, fixing bugs, and uh, making new features, and so on. It was really uh, a really fun uh, task, I think. Uh, once you get to compile a program that, when you compile it again, it gives the, the same program. Uh, and then you say, OK, I don't need. Uh, Ruby anymore for this, and I can go on with just this language. It's really cool. Mm. So you guys have, as of now, you have about uh, 4,100, almost 4,200 stars, 335 forks, and 119 contributors. That's on the Manus Tech slash Crystal repository. Um, so as I said, you've, you've managed to kind of capture the hearts of people, and, and you've got ex people excited. When did you first announce Crystal to the open source community? And what was the decision making around that announcement? And then how was it received? I actually don't remember when <laughs> was the first time we, we make this public. And uh, I think it was in on, on Hacker News or, or something like that. Of course, we immediately attracted attention from the Ruby community because of the similarities of language, of course. And um, of course, many of them were expecting that we were doing a compiled Ruby, and uh, many of many of them still do uh, uh, think the same. Mm. Um, yes, I think we we decided to like announce it or maybe make it public. Uh, it was public from the beginning, but we we decided I don't know to post it in Hacker News or something like that to have a second opinion about the project because we we thought it was something cool something nice but maybe others didn't think like that or, or I, don't, I don't know and luckily and amazingly uh, the, the, the reception uh, was amazing and like a small community started to grow there are people in Japan and Turkey giving uh, talks having uh, small communities it, it's really something I, I, I think we didn't expect that and maybe all of that happened because uh, Ruby, uh, Ruby's community and the people there are really nice and really helpful. And they want to collaborate. They want to do something good. And like it was transferred to this project somehow. Well, you might say that uh, a programming language has officially arrived when it gets its first Rails-inspired web framework, um, which you guys now have Amethyst. 
I say you guys as in the Crystal community wasn't written by you two, um, but that one hit our radar. I think it was uh, within the last six months or so, a kind of a Sinatra-inspired Crystal-based web framework. So yes, Crystal has arrived in that regard. Um, you said that amazingly people received it well. Um, any buddy in particular or any stories that you have of people using it that were surprised to you or delighted to see crystal um, projects such as Amethyst kind of coming out that you couldn't possibly have imagined, anything like that? I think uh, more than the code, I think like the community um, doing talks in countries like we, we searched the internet and found talks and, and said, oh, look, they, they are talking about Crystal here. We didn't know that uh, they are doing stuff. Of, of course, the, the frameworks and the, the code uh, is also something that's really helpful and nice. But I, I don't know. I enjoy more the, the, the community around, around it. And I don't know if Amethyst is the Rails framework of Crystal. Like everyone's trying to do uh, Rails for Crystal because... Uh, Maybe that's the most successful language for a uh, project for Ruby. Um, now there, there's another one, Frost, that's in the early stages. Mm. And another one, Kemal, which is like Sinatra. But we, we really think of Crystal as uh, being able to do other things like uh, command line applications, web servers, maybe not using a huge framework. We try not to... Uh influence much about uh, how uh, a web framework would be designed in Crystal. We tried, I mean, we have uh, enough work to do making the language and uh, making, uh, fixing bugs in the language and making perform better every day. And uh, we let just uh, other other people in the community to create uh, the frameworks around the language. And sure. uh, we want to focus on the, on the language itself. Yeah, I was most I was mostly saying that tongue in cheek about the web framework thing. Just seems like every new language, um, you know, pops some sort of Rails inspired web framework, and sometimes the merits of that will, you know, uh, invoke more uh, excitement, and sometimes not. Um, let, let's let's ask from this perspective. We're gonna talk about the future here, real quick, about Crystal, because you guys have a, a big change in the works. You announced it um, just a few weeks back. A big change coming to the programming language. And I want to talk about that in detail. But first, let's talk about uh, like an imaginary future where Crystal is, you know, as successful as you could possibly imagine. Like, what's the ultimate end goal or success state look like for Crystal as a programming language? Feel free to go out there and share your hopes and dreams. What what would be what would be the awesomest success story for Crystal looking back 10, 15 years from now? Well, for me, the uh, the, the most successful state will be the one that. Uh, I mean, when a developer wants to create a, a project that uh, requires uh, all the kind of stuff that you need right now, uh, like a um, performance and uh, the ability to manage uh, um, high amounts of concurrency. And you, you choose Crystal because it gives you that, but also gives you uh, the benefits of a language uh, that is uh, similar to Ruby. You know, many people is choosing Go language right now or or Erlang because of the concurrency capabilities, but uh, they aren't happy with the language itself because they they feel uh, so restricted in the in the object oriented uh, 
aspects. So uh, in in the future, I would like to choose crystal because it it uh, matches both both uh, uh, requirements. Speaking of the future, you re recently wrote that post I mentioned before called "The Future of Crystal," uh, wherein you tell a bit of a Christmas story, which <laughs> is kind of a fun read. If you guys are interested, that's in the show notes. Um, about kind of an imagined future where crystal becomes abandoned. Um, and it's mostly due to these increased compile times, um, which seems to be only a small problem right now. But as you guys say in that little tale, it's, it's a growing problem. And so you decided to rewrite the compiler. Um, can you tell a story on um, that decision and all that went into it? That question was always uh, around like, Okay, we are we are doing we are inferring types like this, and the compiler works like this. And will it will it be able to uh, handle like a huge project, or without you having to wait a lot of time? And from time to time, we thought about some solutions, but we didn't end up with many solutions. And eventually, we real we realized that this way wasn't going to work. So it was kind of like in the beginning uh, when we decided to add some types to generic types. Uh, we, we realized without that, the language couldn't uh, continue evolving and adapting to greater uh, needs. So this time we, we decided or we concluded that we needed some type annotations for instance variables and a few other places. And with this, we have an algorithm and we have an idea of how to how to make this scale for bigger projects uh, because waiting for uh, stuff to compile it's it's not fun at all and we want a language that's fun to use so in all aspects and adding type annotations here and there just a few ones uh, won't take that fun or mm -hmm. it will take that fun less than having to wait a lot of time uh, to compile your code. And we wanted to announce it. Uh, it's like we are working on the compiler, but not fully dedicated to it. It's like we are working on many uh, on several things right now. But we wanted to announce it to have uh, to know others' opinions and to, to announce it to, to, to make sure like we won't disappoint uh, a lot of people later. Like the, the more we wait, and maybe it's worse. When you say announce, you mean the fact that you're going to have to rewrite the compiler? Is that what you mean by that? Um, to um, That you'll have to add some more type annotations in some places. Like right now, you're not forced to do that. But once the new compiler arrives, we, you, you'll have to do that. Mm. And many complain because uh, they say, no, in Ruby, we we don't want you, you you don't need to use type annotations so yeah this is not a good decision but it's it's a different language <laughs> so <laughs> it seems like we're hitting on a bit of the crux is is the trade-offs right between exactly. uh your your goals on right you have two goals slick as ruby and fast as c and we know that uh the fast as c has a bunch of things in there like the type annotations and it's not just speed and like it's hard to be a servant of two masters and you have to pick one or the other in certain circumstances. And it seems like what you're finding out with the dynamism 
um, and the lack of types, or excuse me, the the lack of type annotations required currently is that the compiler suffers. And so you have to make these decisions between, well, do we take the language this direction, which is further away from our Ruby syntax, our Ruby semantics, um, but closer to, but but ultimately better? Or do we stick with this and and possibly have these super long compile times in the future? And it seems like that's something that you guys have been struggling with and you've decided to rewrite the compiler, add the type annotations, and kind of diverge further from Ruby. Is that a good summary? Yes, that, that, that's exactly it. Uh, we actually don't need to rewrite the compiler. We can just force uh, type annotations and make it work like that. Mm -hmm. But with those type annotations, we, we, can have a, we can make a faster and more efficient uh, compiler implementation. So that's why we decided to like completely do it. And it's also because now we have like an idea of the whole language that we want. In the beginning, it was just growing as we, we added more features, but we didn't have the, the idea of how the language was going to look once finished or once having most of the features, features that we wanted. So this is obviously a huge breaking change for all current users of the language, right? Uh, yes, their code's but, not going to compile anymore, probably, when you, when they switch to the new. Yes, but on the other side, on the on the other hand, uh, we didn't hit uh, one point uh, zero yet. Right. So, in most of our releases, we break code because we we take the opportunity since we are not uh, at one point zero, uh, we want to make uh, sure we get the best um, standard library and compiler and language that we want before having to decide, okay, now we are going to be uh, backwards compatible from now on. Mm -hmm. And it seems like uh, if I was a current user of the language, I would be more concerned with the slowdown than I would be with the type annotations and with the, you know, the, the changes to the language itself. Because it seems like a rewrite of the compiler is a huge undertaking. And as you said, there's lots of other aspects of the language that need building out, um, such as the standard library, but I think dependencies, uh, management, and also uh, a thing that needs to happen. Do you think this is going to set you guys back? Is it six months? Is it three months? Is, it, is there no setback as far as getting Crystal to that 1.0? Yes, I don't know how much time it will take, uh, but in the meantime, we are continuing... Continuing evolving and the standard library, fixing bugs, adding some features. So it's not necessary for the compiler to be completed uh, quickly because the upgrade or, or the migration path you need to do is like really simple. You need to add some type annotations. Mm -hmm. But since the current compiler already infers those types, uh, we'll probably uh, make a tool that automatically adds those type annotations. Mm. So when we started, uh, we had complete freedom of uh, choosing when to break things, right? So uh, after we make it public and uh, you start feeling that you have to uh, maintain features or, or try to be backward compatible just because there is a community out there that is using the language. Well, we always try to uh, communicate to, to our community that the language is not in 
production ready right. uh, state. So our com- I, I think most of most of the people of from our community uh, is is not just uh, users of the language, but uh, people that want to contribute to the evolution of the language. So feel that uh, making breaking changes is actually because we we actually uh, uh, talk with them and share uh, the decisions. So they actually feel they are part of, of the decisions that we make in the language. So it's, it's not that someone's going to get angry because uh, we we broke the compatibility with the background with um, uh, previous versions. Mm-hmm. So and, and and at this stage uh, and the current state of the project, we want to still be able to uh, have freedom of breaking things. We think that we did uh, things that are wrong in the in the past, and uh, we still want to make a, a, the the best language that we can. So uh, if we want to, if we, if we have to maintain backward compatibility, that is not possible. Yeah. I mean, you're still exploring. I mean, you're pre 1.0, so it's not as if, um, you know, you even say on the top of your your homepage, you know, we have have mentioned the we mentioned the bounty source, but that you you know you're raising money, you can help fund it and become production ready. So that means that you're still exploring, you're still kind of identifying where you're trying to go as a language. So to me, if someone's using it or adopting it, they can they sort of take on those same risks if you're going to use it for something. And you you understand that things may or will change, and you have to be okay with that. Yeah, that's true. So I went searching a little bit to find you know, the feedback on that announcement because it is a big announcement. Um, and like like you guys said, you know, there you're some people are. Well, you may not have said this, but I was at least thinking of it. Is you'll have certain people there'll be backlash, and there'll be other people that are all for it. And for the most part, it seemed like somewhat surprisingly to me, it seems like most of the of the response was relatively positive. So that's probably great to see. There was, um, you know, some sad voices out there. So we need to take a, another break. Um, but on the other side, I want to at least bring up one kind of contrary opinion to this move um, with the new compiler and see if you guys can, you know, your thoughts on that opinion. So we'll do that uh, right after we hear from the sponsor. We'll be right back. Here at the Changelog, we have two emails we'd love for you to subscribe to. The first is Changelog Weekly. Now, we've been shipping this email for several years now. We ship it every single Saturday morning. It's everything that hits our open source radar. It's our editorialized take on what happened this week in open source and software development. Go to changelog.com slash weekly to subscribe. And our second email is Changelog Nightly. Every single night, we ship this email out covering all the top new and top star repos on GitHub at 10 p.m. Central Time. It's all the latest stuff on GitHub before it blows up. It's often our own radar. We're often creating shows and finding new people, finding new projects, putting things on our own radar based on what we find in there. So we'd love for you to subscribe to that. Head to changelaw.com nightly. And now back to the show. All right, we are back talking about the future of Crystal and the newly announced rewrite of the compiler. Guys, like I said before the break, mostly solid reaction from your users and your community about this decision. Seems like the right way forward, but as is always on the internet, there are some dissenting opinions. And unfortunately, I have copy and pasted one into my, into my notes. Um, 
which is really the only which is really the only bad response out there. But I just want to see if you guys could address this. Um, anonymous, I'll leave it anonymous. Says, "Sorry, but this is a huge damper on the appeal of Crystal. It's Ruby-like syntax on be and being mostly typeless was a differentiator. I suspected the types on array and hash would eventually be solved and removed. Going the opposite way removes much of the differentiation and puts it into a class of a number of new." LLVM-based languages, of which there are no shortage of. I'm assuming all negative responses are kind of in that same vein. So I just was curious about your thoughts, your reaction to that reaction. Of course, it's a it's a reaction. I don't know if we we don't like it, but we also agree on that uh, reaction because maybe since we are so similar to Ruby in many things. Uh, people expect things to go closer to Ruby, but I don't know. I think it's not that of a big change. And it's true that there are many other uh, LLVM-based languages out there, but I think Crystal has many features. Like one of the top features, I think, is blocks that, uh, that are in Ruby and in Crystal. And I don't know if there are many other languages. Mm -hmm. uh, that have uh, blocks. You, you can have closures, but it's different because you can break or do next and other things from a block. So that, that makes it a bit different. And like many other things that uh, we keep from Ruby, I don't know, my, my advice would be to wait and try it out once we finish it and mm -hmm. to realize that it's not that of a big change. Uh, because most of most of the time you you're writing methods, you're writing code. Uh, for example, someone writes a library and you want you, you want to use it. Uh, you don't need to define new types. You just write a method, uh, invoke methods, and stuff like that. And for, uh, in those cases, you don't need uh, type annotations. So I don't know. I think it's a matter of time uh, to see if the, the reaction. Mm -hmm. is uh, just uh, fear or something like that, or it's something that's uh, real. Well said. Aside from the new compiler, um, what are the other missing pieces? I think I mentioned dependencies. Maybe you can speak to that one um, before you guys are ready to call Crystal 1.0 production ready and you know available for general use. What else is missing? Well, for 1.0, we wanted to have a proper support for uh, concurrency. That means we want to go multi-threaded and uh, have better uh, have a better GC. Um, actually, anything that makes Crystal to make better use of uh, your hardware resources. Because right now, uh, the master version works in a single thread, and uh, it. It works better than a Node.js application, but we don't think we our goal is to be a better language than Node.js. We want to make a language that, uh, again, makes the best use of your hardware resources. So have a, a good concurrency support. It, that's one of the goals for 1.0. And, uh, and personally, it's one of my uh, um, uh, preferred goals. Yes, um, that's that's uh, 
one of the goals. I, I think Juan lo loves concurrency and efficiency, especially uh, regarding how much your comp computer can, can do. Uh, other goals are uh, finishing the documentation, which is a huge task, not, not only for the language, but also the standard library. And then fixing bugs and maybe adding some 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 features like uh, we have named arguments, but we want to enhance that. Uh, maybe some other keywords like retry or uh, just small features, uh, small language uh, additions. But I think that's basically it. Those are the main three missing uh, things from Crystal. I think I teed up the dependencies conversation. Could you just speak to that specific point? Uh, well, we have a dependency manager. Uh, it was written by, by uh, Julian Portalier, um, who is also collaborating with us. Um, it's working. You can use it right now. It's uh, decentralized. Uh, but we want it to be... Like we don't want to have a central registry, and even though it's working, we want to continue a bit of work there to make sure uh, it scales without uh, needing a, a central registry, but in a way that you can still find things that you want. Uh, maybe Juan can say something about that because he, he's also really interested in that. I can explain why uh, we don't want a centralized uh repository of, of dependencies. Yeah, when Arya said that I was that's what perked up in my ears is like why not a centralized you know repository for them? Well the thing is uh sometimes I think something that happens with the with the champs and, and the, the Ruby champs repository is that uh someone takes uh some specific name for a for a library that uh have a very specific purpose, you know, for example you know, you're going to make a Postgres driver. Uh, so someone create the, the library and of course they name it Postgres and they publish it. And maybe then then uh, they abandon that library. Or maybe someone else comes with a better uh, approach for making the same library. But the name is already taken, so you have to start using names like Postgres through and, and, and someone ha has to know that the, the right version of the library is the one that with the two uh, or something like that. So instead of that, we want to make sure that uh, there is no uh, a central, uh, a common namespace that we want to, that we have to share and uh, be the first uh, to register and the name before uh, other uh, makes a worse library with the same name, you know. Remember when you looked up on rubygems.org too, you know, in the same vein of like if you had a, an idea for a, a gem, I remember Jared, back in the day when Wynn was on this call, still yet in the with the change log, uh, he's an API junkie, and he would always at the time he was like writing Ruby wrappers for everything he could think of. It was LinkedIn, it was Clout, it was this, it was that, and I can remember how excited he would get if he like searched for X Y Z on Ruby Gems and it wasn't available, and it would say, "Hey, make this yours." So <laughs> in that in that same right, I can kind of see coming from the the roots of of Crystal with Ruby and. You know, but to me, I'm I'm wondering if that's a you know I, I get the concern for that, and maybe I'm taking it further than it should be. But I I wonder if that should just be like the community thing and not like a repository thing because, uh, you know, npm is pretty huge and 
they've not had to deal with stuff like that. Like in the end, the community will resolve who the canonical version is or what the best version is just by, um, you know, dependencies in other libraries uh, rather than trying to solve it at the package manager level, so to speak. Yeah. And, and, and the truth is uh, at the end, uh, we probably don't have control about that and we don't want to have control. We may, maybe we uh, can uh, give some ideas to the community about how we think this will work, but we don't want to have the final decision. And maybe someone comes with a better solution and uh, we focus on the language, someone else focus on the dependency manager. Yeah. And uh, if it works better than what we thought, that's mm-hmm. good. How are they handled right now? Is there any dependency management whatsoever right now? Yes, it is. Uh, it's called shards. Okay. And uh, it uh, right now it works with uh, GitHub uh, repositories. Okay. So it's using versioned repos or you know Git-based repos versus like a central repository. Exactly. Yeah, it uses uh, the tags uh, as versions. Gotcha. Let's talk about getting started. I know we've talked deeply about you know the various ins and outs of the living in the shadow of Ruby, so to speak, and growing up and hopefully becoming a 1.0 and all the other things around uh, Crystal Language. If someone's out there listening, let's say they're new to it. They, they love Ruby. This is the first time they're hearing about Crystal. What do they do? How do they get started? How do they, they play with it? What's the very first things they can do to sort of test the water, so to speak? Well, right now with support, we have uh, installers for uh, Debian-based uh Linuxes and also Red Hat based uh, Linuxes. And um, also, we have uh, an official package in, in Homebrew. So, the first thing you have to do is install it. So, we already provide packages for most of the platforms that we, we could support. And uh, if you're using Homebrew, I like the, the flag you have there with LLVM. So, if you're planning to contribute back to the project and you're using Homebrew, is that the same option on Arch Linux and the other options you can still? No. Pass a fly to, or do you get the LLVM by default on other package? I guess not using Homebrew. No, unfortunately on Linux, uh, the package is, is maybe we need someone that understands a lot more than us about how to make a proper package to the different Linux distributions. But you know, maintaining a Linux packages is a is a is a big task. So uh, maybe someone can help us with that. Well, good. We have a question coming up at the end that will probably help highlight some of those things, but uh, okay. So you've got different packages on Debian, Red Hat, Arch Linux, uh, using Homebrew for Mac. And then you even have a tarball if you want to compile or, or pull down the source or from the source itself, you can go any of those directions. So what's, is there a web option? If someone wanted to, wanted to go and plug something into the web and not have to actually install locally, is there an option for the web? There's play.crystallang.org. Uh, nice. Where you can... Yeah, the, the best thing is that all, all of these uh, tools like shards and play.crystallang.org w- w- weren't made by, by us. Th- that's why I say it's amazing. Like People started evolving the language and, and the tools around it. Uh, so you can, yes, you can try code uh, there in several versions of the language and run it. Don't, don't try to run an HTTP server, but... <laughs> you know and the we also mentioned at the top of your homepage you've got fund crystal and help it become production ready so we've mentioned at least in happenstance your your bounty source which uh to this date four thousand five hundred thirty one dollars have been raised 
So each month you're getting around $1,100 of support. Uh, we didn't go deeply into this, but it seems like uh, the roots of, of Crystal and at least the uh, the motivations of it have some tie back to uh, your company, Manus. So you guys are both developers there, uh, co-founder to a degree, uh, CTO at, at early in the call you'd mentioned. So what... What is uh, what's happening with Bounty Source? How can people step in and, and I guess support this? Is it one just uh, financially supporting it? Is, is there other ways to step in and support Crystal Language moving forward to become fast to see and slick like Ruby? So basically, uh, most of the time we spend uh, doing Crystal is uh, our free time, and as the project project gets bigger, uh, there are more tasks. And we'd really want to do it uh, not in our free time. Uh, so bounty service is uh, one way, uh, one of the best ways uh, you can help us to make that possible because we can work like at work time and fully motivated and not tired from work. Um, but there are many options to contribute, like uh, if you send um, bug fixes or documentation, which is uh, lacking, and also additions to the standard libra library that you think. Like those are great ways to contribute because the, the less we, we need to do or we rely on the community, uh, the better. Well, Phyllis, it was definitely a fun time here talking with you about this language. You know, obviously you've got some roots in Ruby, but you're spreading your own wings and making your own path. So it's always a, a fun direction to go. You know, we, we love having new languages uh, here on the changelog and always getting a deep dive into what y'all are doing. Is there anything else you guys want to cover before we tail off the show? Anything else? Um, no, I don't think so. We uh, enjoyed having you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us and all listeners out there listening. Thank you for tuning in as well. But uh, that's it for now. So let's say goodbye. Bye. Thanks for coming on, guys. Okay. Thank you. Bye.